the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. What about that whole issue of school reopening? In, in certain counties, in certain states, I'm starting to have people send me notices every day now across the country. Our county has called it. They're going to go to full-time remote learning this fall. But why? Why are we doing that? Considering where the death rates are at, considering even with all the media attention about the hospital beds running out in Houston, you can't find a hospital that doesn't have a bed right now. Uh, what is the panic? Why is all of this happening? Let's turn to Lan He Chen. He is a fellow at the Hoover Institution. He's also a member of the Salem Editorial Board, uh, and you hear his commentaries frequently uh, uh, in and around this uh, broadcast. Lan He, welcome back to Kevin McCullough. Always good to have you. Um, I know that you're uh, West Coast, we're East Coast, but in every state across the country, I have heard on some level fear from some mom saying uh, one of two things, either I'm scared to send my kids back to school or I'm afraid the schools aren't going to open, which is having the prevailing viewpoint. And why are we having this debate at this time? Well, it's tough, Kevin. I mean, I I understand both of those perspectives, by the way. And I think that there is good reason uh, for people to feel the way they feel on both sides of this. I, I will just say this. I think that we're having this debate and it's becoming so politicized because everything in our society is pretty politicized right. right now. But look, going back to school, this should not be a political issue. This is really an issue of education. It's an issue of public health. And it's an issue of what is the right thing for our kids. And we just know, we know from all the scientific studies and we know from all of the research that's been done that kids do best when they are in school, in person, in an environment where they are learning from a teacher live. And when they're interacting with kids uh, their age, we, we know that to be true. And we also know that there are huge public health risks to, to kids not being in school. We know that kids who are not in school are more likely to have uh, physical issues. They are more likely to have behavioral issues. They are more likely to feel and, and self-report as feeling uh, sad or depressed. We also know that kids not being in school means that they're not going to be prepared for the jobs of of this generation. They're not going to be prepared for college or for whatever it is they want to go on to do. So there are a lot of risks to our kids not being in school. So I I just wish in this debate, you know, I understand the concern about coronavirus. I get it. I just wish that people would understand that there are really some serious risks to our kids not being in school as well, which is why I believe in many parts of the country, in fact, in most parts of the country, kids should be going back to school full time in person. Let's talk about the science on this for a second. I was shocked to find, uh, though I was tipped off by a buddy to go look at it over the weekend, wrote about it for Town Hall. If people didn't read it, you can still go get it. It's up on the homepage. But I I was shocked to find that when coronavirus and children or pediatric medicine are cross looked at, 
that, yeah, we had about 2,300 kids during the uh, main thrust of the virus uh, con- contract the virus, which is actually lower than what I would have pictured it to be given the number of confirmed positives that we have. Uh, of those 2,300, about three died with the virus in their system, but not in a single case did the CDC say that the virus caused the death, or even did they identify it as an underlying contributor to the cause of death in those three children's lives. In other words, Lonnie, we don't have a single recorded death at the cause of COVID-19 as it relates to kids, and we've changed the viewpoint. Evidently, Mr. Fauci and others have changed the viewpoint on just how uh, contagious asymptomatic carriers are. So if they're not likely to be infecting everyone around them, and evidently they fight the virus pretty well, it's hard to say that from a science standpoint, they shouldn't be back. Yeah, let me give you a few data points to add to that excellent analysis, Kevin. First of all, uh, it it is the case that kids, school-aged children, are far more likely actually to have a mortality to die because of influenza, the common flu, uh, than they are because of coronavirus. Now, you, you know, there's been a lot of a discussion, you know, coronavirus is not a flu. Yes, obviously it's not a flu. The point, though, is that the flu is actually more lethal for, for kids than coronavirus is, yet we have not shut the schools down for an influenza pandemic uh, in, in many generations. Right. All right. So that's the first point. The second point is when you talk about kids transmitting the virus to one another, we have a significant amount of evidence from Europe where they actually have reopened schools the kids are not very effective transmitters of this virus to one another or to adults. Not saying it never happens. It does happen, but it happens very rarely. And the evidence suggests that they are very poor transmitters. We actually have a a number of studies that say this. Now, obviously, it's not foolproof, right? Because teachers could be at risk. People who are administrators could be at risk. We understand all that. but We can deal with that when we talk about that later. The point about kids is simply this. It is highly unlikely that you are going to see, in my view, based on the science, that you're going to see significant negative impacts on the health of kids because we send them back to school. Because the evidence that we that we know from the science suggests that they are not great transmitters of this and they are not likely to have serious health outcomes from it. So why are the governors doing what they're doing? Why is Gavin Newsom uh, toying with uh, with California families, for example? Well, I, I think a couple of things. First of all, I think, you know, it's always the case that they want to take the path of least resistance, that they want to, to take the path that they believe provides the least, quote unquote, short term risk. And, and so they're, they're saying, look, as long as coronavirus is moving around in the community, we're going to we're going to shut it down. So I think I think part of it is just a, a concern and a fear for what they believe will be the health outcomes. I mean, I think their concern is, look, what if it spreads to. A bunch of teachers and administrators. And it is the case, by the way, that some teachers and some administrators who are older, they're not going to be able to teach in person because, you know, they are more at risk. And so they are going to have to figure out alternative mechanisms, you know, whether it's teaching online or maybe staying out of school for this particular semester or year. But I think one of it, you know, the, the first point is path of least resistance. The second point, Kevin, and this is something that people are starting to talk about is the teachers unions are exercising a lot of power mm. in places like California and Illinois and New York, where they are very powerful political entities. And their interest, quite frankly, is not the best interest of our kids. 
it's the best interest of the teachers' union's bosses. Yeah, because That's they, always they the just keep getting paid. It doesn't matter if, if it's, uh, you know, if the kids are in the desks or not. It's it just the payday keeps coming. It's like public officials that didn't have to show up at City yeah. Hall for the last 17, 18 weeks. Lon he, I always appreciate the analysis. Uh, thank you for what you're doing uh, at the Hoover Institution to think through these things and help people make uh, more sense of them. And thanks for your work on the Salem Editorial Board as well. Lon he Chen, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.